Thank you, Ella and Adele, for that cracker of a kids video. This week, we've got a bit of a challenge for all of us at home, and that's to think of a time where you have had to trust the Lord. You've had to choose to trust Him. Maybe it's been a difficult circumstance or some, something that you've been confused about or whatever. Um, think of a time where you've had to choose to trust the Lord and draw it out. Make a little drawing, get mum or dad to take a photo of it and email it to me, pastor2 at www.bc.org.au with a little description so we know what's happening in the, in the picture. Have a look. I did this myself. Sarah will put it on the fridge at home, I'm sure. And there we go. It might be hard to top, but have a go and we'll um, love to show that in a slideshow next week. Speaking of um, stuff for families and, and kids, if you head to our church website, in the drop-down menu, there is a Kids Church at Home materials uh, for you to get involved with. Maybe this evening or during the week, whatever that looks like, it's print at home material with uh, accompanying YouTube videos as well. And so we hope that they are a blessing to you. Our weekly newsletter is now started up, and so it should be in your inbox as well as um, update videos. If you know someone that um, doesn't have access to those, would you let us know, um, and we can get out hard copies to them um, who need it. Also, our small groups have begun meeting online over Zoom, Skype, you know what it is, but if uh, you would like to be involved and you should want to be involved, please contact the office and we can put you in touch with a small group. And there's the email address right there, office at www.bc.org.au. Tomorrow evening, we're meeting together in a special way uh, over Zoom. Uh, we're aware that through these live stream services, um, we don't get to see one another's faces. Tomorrow night at 7pm over Zoom, we're going to um, take in communion together where we, um, where we remember Jesus, who He is and what He's done. And so it's going to be a special time of fellowship. That email link was in the newsletter this week and it will be emailed out as well. We'd love to see your smiling faces uh, together tomorrow night as we do that. Lately, I've been meditating on the words of Isaiah chapter 40 from verses um, 6 to 8. Let me bring it up on my phone here. Second half of verse 6 of Isaiah chapter 40 says, All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. I'd love for us to hold those words in mind as, as I lead us in prayer now. Oh God, you are good, you are great, and you are big. You hold all time in your hands. You are the everlasting, unchanging God. Your word stands forever, even though circumstances change, we change, 
Um, all sorts of things change. You don't. You are our one constant. And so we praise you for that, Lord. We thank you that you are trustworthy through all things, that we can turn to you, that you are our God. We thank you for your faithfulness to your promises. We thank you for your faithfulness to your character. We thank you, Lord, that you um, can be trusted with our, our lives, our devotion, with our everything, Lord. Would you help us to take eyes off um, temporary things, just the here and now, Lord, that um, the real love of our life wouldn't be on just the stuff that fades away and doesn't last, but Lord, would you help us to be placing our treasures up in heaven, Lord? Would you be making us into a people for yourself, Lord, that, that are beautiful for your name, that, that live lives of, of power because we are empowered by your spirit. It's your life living through us. And Lord, surely if that were to happen, we would be truly joyful, truly satisfied, really living in our purpose, Lord. Lord, we desire to know you more. We desire to be shaped by you more. And we confess, Lord, that our, our hearts um, so often go astray, that, that we look for satisfaction and identity in, in stuff that doesn't ultimately matter. And so we ask for your forgiveness. We ask that you would um, come into our hearts and clean up the grubbiness that's there, Lord, and set us right with you, that we would be walking with you more closely. We pray this, Lord, in the name of Jesus, the only way that we could come before you and ask for anything. In his name, we pray. Amen. So now we've got the Bible reading for this evening, and it's only a little one. Are you ready? It's from 1 Peter chapter 1. So we're just about to start this new series in 1 Peter, and um, it's apt for the time that we're, that we're in. So here we go, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect... Exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Well, it's a great joy uh, to be starting the book of 1 Peter with you this morning. Um, it is a book that was written uh, by Peter. You remember that uh, Peter is the man that we meet in the Gospels as Simon, and Jesus changes his name to Peter, meaning the rock. Peter was one of the three that were Jesus' inner circle. Uh, he was the one... Um, with James and John that was invited up to the Mount of Transfiguration. It was um, Peter and the others that were in the garden when, when Jesus was in his agony. 
Jesus, uh, Peter is the one that had promised Jesus passionately that he would never abandon him, he would never desert him, but it was also Peter who denied Jesus uh, three times before the rooster crowed. Sheldon taught us uh, last week that um, Peter was the one that Jesus had commissioned with this very precious commission uh, to feed his sheep, to feed to feed the flock. And it was Peter who on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit had fallen, that it was him who stood up with such um, authority and such power like a, like a lion and he preached with uh, tremendous authority uh, to the crowd and saw, see, saw many uh, came, come to faith. We don't really know much about how Peter's life ended. Um, we believe that he died um, possibly in Rome as a martyr uh, having been crucified and part of the evidence for that is from what we saw last week where Jesus actually said to Peter, uh, you, when you're old you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And so the thought there is that Peter would stretch out his hands uh, and die uh, a terrible death in crucifixion as well. At the end of the book of 1 Peter, uh, Peter refers to the city of Babylon. And Babylon is probably code for Rome. Peter is likely writing this book uh, from Rome and, uh, and he's referring to Babylon in, in code language, to Rome using Babylon as, as code language. You might recall that uh, in AD 64, the whole of Rome, while well, Rome burned, the, the great fire of Rome. It was suspected that Nero, the emperor, had lit the fire himself so he could rebuild Rome for in his own sort of glory, as it were. But the Christians got, got blamed for it. And so this terrible persecution, really, really bad, broke out against the Christians. And so it was at that time that um, Christians were being thrown to lions uh, as a kind of a sport. It was then that um, Christians were being made into candlesticks, um, most horrendous thing that you could ever imagine. Um, terrible state-sponsored atrocities uh, against believers at that time. But the book of 1 Peter was written a few years before that, before that terrible, terrible time. But already there's evidences that things were heating up, that the tide was turning against Christians because Peter refers in a few places to the sufferings, to the fiery trials that the people were undergoing at this time. So, there was real and terrible suffering and the book of, of 1 Peter is written that believers might stand firm, that might stand strong in the midst of terrible times, in the midst of difficult times and that they would give themselves entirely to Christ 
at this time. The way the, 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 the book starts in chapter 1 says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter was an apostle. That's the highest uh, office of all. He was commissioned by, by Christ himself. And that means that he's writing this book as an apostle. As an apostle. He's not writing it um, as someone to give good advice, but he's writing it as an authoritative word. These words are to carry weight, great weight. Do you know if something weighty falls into a pool of water or into a dam, it, it displaces uh, the water and causes great disruption. And so the idea of this, this weighty word of God is that it would weightily hit our lives. Not just like, I'm praying that it wouldn't just be like water off a duck's back kind of word, but this would be a weighty, authoritative word in our lives that impacts us. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect exile scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. Peter's writing to a people that are scattered right across the Roman world in all these provinces. It's quite a vast area, possibly um, a thousand kilometres that they're, they're scattered or even more all around where modern day Turkey is. Peter is in Rome and here he is. Um, with his heart, a pastoral heart, Christ has commissioned him to, to care for the flock. And here they are, all scattered, and he is wanting to care for these sheep. And that's what's on his heart. And so he writes this letter because he knows that sheep are designed to be together. When they're scattered, they're, they're more in danger. And, you know, if, if we are scattered from each other, there's a sense in which we're lost to the gathered community. There's a sense in which we feel like our identity is somehow lost. Um, we're lost to our family. And maybe we start to think that even we mean nothing because a lot of our identity comes from our interconnectedness with community. And here they are, all scattered. In a much less... Um, dramatic way, and yet in a significant way, this time in history, the people of God are scattered. Here at Wagga Baptist Church, we're scattered. We might feel disconnected. But just as Peter was writing, probably from Rome, to these scattered people with a heart of a shepherd... And it was bringing a powerful word for them to be sustained and strengthened. I would love if this word from 1 Peter came to us at this time as a powerful way for us to stand firm in our Lord and uh, give ourselves entirely to him. To God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontius, etc., Peter is writing to God's elect. That means God's chosen people. 
Think about that word elect. If you have an election for a government, you choose the government. Or if you have elective surgery, you mean you, it means that you either choose to have that surgery or not. But when this says that you are God's elect, it means that you are chosen by God. He has elected you. He has chosen you. I don't know whether you've ever got those emails. I'm sure you have. Um, the emails that come in and it says, you have been chosen and you have won 12 million pounds or million dollars or whatever it is. And of course, of course it's a scam, but why do these emails go out? It's because I think there's a longing in us as humans that we would be chosen for something good, <laughs> that we would be chosen. And even from ancient times, um, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, for example, it says of God's people, the Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. When you are chosen, chosen by God, it's a very, very precious, precious thing. There's nothing higher than that, actually. To be chosen by God, and treasured by him. And what Peter is saying here now to the Christians, scattered, you are God's chosen people. Yes, you might feel scattered. Yes, you might feel lonely. But know this. If you've heard the gospel about Christ, and if you believe that gospel, then you are chosen. And this is all from his goodness and mercy He's had his, he has set his love on you. You're chosen. Think about that word exiles. To God's elect exiles. An exile, or sometimes it's translated in the Bible as an alien, it means that you're someone outside your own country. I don't know whether you've ever been to the airport and sometimes in some countries it'll have a sign up, aliens. You've got the citizens and you've got the aliens. And so if you're not part of that, you line up. It's not talking about the little green furry aliens. It's talking about that we are people that are away from home. Do you know, right at the moment, we are shut down in our own homes. We're, we're in our own homes. And so in that sense, this book um, is not like our situation, but listen to the deeper meaning. Because Christians, believers in Christ, are exiles. We are aliens in the sense that our citizenship is not here on earth. We can't wait to go home to where our citizenship is with God. And we might suffer in this world as exiles, but we're looking forward to that day. We're so much looking forward to that day. We might be rejected here also, but our eyes are on God. I remember having lived overseas and working overseas for, for a few years. Um, I'd go to a different country, uh, another, another sort of foreign country, and... And you'd line up and there's this long, long line uh, as you're going through customs. And, and you are someone that had to prove that you should be here. 
and, and, and maybe there was a suspicion that you've got no right to be here. We're just going to check. You, you, you're only here by say-so. You, really, you don't really belong here. And, and we want you to prove that you've got um, a reason to be here and that we're not going to arrest you. And so I'd go from country to country and that was the experience of an exile or an alien. But I remember the first time, and it was my first time of of coming back to Australia. I'm not sure what I thought I should expect. But I flew in to Sydney and I got in the short line. I got in the line of the citizens and, and I was just waved through. They looked at my passport and they said, no, you belong here. You, you, you are welcome here. You've got a right to be here. You're a citizen. And, and, and that's, the, that's the truth about us as Christians is that we've got a right to come into the presence of God. We, we might be aliens here. We might be exiles here on this pain-filled, difficult world, but we have got a home. We're chosen by God. Listen to how verse 2 describes our choosing. It says, number one, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. I find this mind-boggling. Chosen. Chosen according to to the foreknowledge of God. In other words, God had a before-knowing of me. Before I was his child, he had a, that's the greatness of God, that that I and you, as believers in in the Lord, were known by God. In, In some way, I can't comprehend, he set his affections on me before I even became his child. God knows you. Yes, you might be scattered. Yes, you might feel isolated. Yes, you might find every kind of difficulty and hardship right now. But know this, you who trust in Christ, you're foreknown by God. You are in his mind. Secondly, not only that you were chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, but you were chosen through the sanctifying work of God of the spirit. The foreknowing of God is a kind of a work outside of you, but now here is a work, a beautiful work of the powerful Holy Spirit working in you. The word sanctifying means he's setting you apart. He's bringing you into the realm of the holy. Only God could do that. Only God could do that by his spirit. And it's a work of the spirit within us, making us holy making us pure on the inside. Do you know, all of us who have encountered Christ know something of the powerful work of the Holy Spirit working in us, doing a work of transforming us. I think of a, an old, dirty, filthy house with dead rats and every kind of dreadfulness in it. And then someone buying that house and taking all the rubbish out and making it clean and making it beautiful. Do you know that is what God is doing in us through the Spirit? And I treasure that work. 
I hope you do too. The inner work of the Spirit changing us. Not only, firstly, the, the, the chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, not only through the sanctifying work, that, that he's, he's, that's the way he does it, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, but also, what for? To be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Why were you chosen? You were chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, yes. You were chosen through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, yes. But what for? It says here, to be obedient to Jesus Christ. That's amazing because so many times um, I've wanted to be disobedient. Uh, I've wanted to do my own thing. I want to live, run my own race. I just wanted to just live my own life. I will have my own hands on my own life. But, but, but this is saying that we are chosen to be obedient. Now there is a desire in us to have such a great king over us so that we will obey him in every way. Lord, we want to obey you. And, and to have a heart that wants to have the privilege of serving such a great king. Notice this last word, and sprinkled with his blood. And sprinkled with his blood. Hmm. In the Old Testament, when they had a sacrifice, they would kill the kill the lamb, and there'd be blood everywhere. The lamb would die, a sacrifice for our sins in our place. But then the priest would sprinkle, would sprinkle the blood. And and that sprinkling was an application of that covenant to the people. And so this is what, what is true for us that we have an application of the sacrifice of Christ for our sins in an application to our lives so that we are sprinkled, we are made clean, we are made his. The covenant is now ratified and we are made his. We are chosen to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood, the most tremendous privilege to have the blood of the saviour of the world, the pure and spotless one, the king of glory who became a lamb and died for us and now for us to be the one to whom this blood is applied for our cleansing, for our forgiveness and for our life. So yeah, we're scattered, we're exiles, we're aliens, but we're chosen. We are loved by God. I don't know where you are right now. You're probably in your home, in maybe in your lounge room or somewhere else, and, and maybe you feel distant. Is God far away? Well, I want you to know on the basis of, basis of this scripture that, that God knows you and he is working 
as you trust in, in Christ, he's working by his spirit in you. And you are a people that for your joy, you're coming to be obedient um, to Jesus Christ. A, just a tremendous privilege. And it's that for that reason, Peter says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Just in abundance. And that's, that's my prayer for you also, that the grace and peace would be yours in great, great abundance. No matter where you are and how, no matter how scattered you might be, you're not scattered to God. You're under his care and under his eye. Let me pray for you. Lord, I, I not only pray um, for the people within the sound of my ear, but um, I'm praying for all of us, uh, myself included. And we're asking, Lord, that this word of yours, um, though our bodies might be frail, though we might be like grass that will soon be gone, your word stands forever. And so, Lord, um, we're trusting in your word and we're asking, Lord, that the, the power and the beauty uh, and the authority of your word might have its appointed effect in our hearts and our lives that we might know the joy of being obedient to Christ. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We've pretty much come to the end of our time this evening. I'd like to remind you again of um, our time of communion over Zoom tomorrow night at 7pm. But as we finish up and, and sing one final song, let me pray for us. Oh Lord, I pray for that um, grace and peace to be abundant in our life because we know you, the one true living God. Would you equip us for the work that you've placed in front of us as one week has ended and another week has begun. Lord, we look to you as the one who defines who we are, defines our purpose and is making us into who you would have us to be. And so, Lord, we give ourselves to you and the week ahead. Amen.